We are so grateful in this house to have the ministry of uh, Mishan Gudapati, who directs our, um, who's the director of our Big House Kids ministry here at Bethel. And um, she's just doing a fantastic job, and you got to see some of the fruit of that here this morning. And um, yeah, come on, let's, yeah. Give honor where honor is due. And um, so, as you know, I've been traveling, and so I, uh, I didn't preach for a couple of weeks. So I was gone, and then I got back, and uh, Pastor Ben did a fabulous job last week. And, uh, and Michonne shared with me, uh, I think right before I went on the trip, that she really felt like she had a word for this week, and specifically for this particular uh, message related to our ongoing series in Lent on Favorful. And in the Beatitudes. So um, we're going to just pray for Mashan, who's going to be bringing us the word this morning. And she's going to do it in her way, interactively. These kids are going to have an opportunity. And kids, you've got something to work on while she's sharing. And so uh, could you extend your hand? And we just want to bless our sister and friend. Thank you, God. Thank you, Lord, for all of the gifts of the body. Thank you for this gift to this body, uh, Mashan. Really grateful, Lord, for her faithful, fruitful work with our children. Lord, what a blessing it is to see them uh, continuing to grow in their relationship with you and their understanding, God, of uh, your character and of your ways. Lord, thank you that uh, they are faithfully uh, receiving, Lord, into their lives uh, your word. Thank you for the word that you planted into Mishan. Thank you, Lord, that... Throughout this series in the Beatitudes, Lord, you've been so faithful to just touch people's lives with um, the word, and, and Lord, that they not only bring a word, but they embody the word that they're bringing. And thank you that, that in very real way, Mashan embodies this word that, Lord, you planted in her heart for today. So, Lord, we open ourselves to receive now with gladness and joy the word that you have to speak to us. We say yes to you now, and we say yes to your word, and we pray that you would go deep and transform our lives in the name of Jesus. Amen. And let me welcome our dear friend, Mishan Gudapati. Good morning, church. Um, so in Big House, we do a lot of interactive things to keep our attention. And I feel like even as adults, like sometimes our minds wander because there's just a lot to think about. So this morning, we're going to do a few things that will keep your attention and it might feel a little awkward, but feel free to just um, worship like a child and enter into the kingdom like such as these. So um, yeah, so I just want to start by going over our actions that we've been doing in Big House. So if everyone can stand up, we're just going to review all the Beatitudes that we've done. And so Big House kids, I need your help. So show your parents and the adults around you the actions, okay? All right. So good job, Big House kids. I saw you guys remembering that. That's awesome. Okay. Wonderful. So what book are we in? Matthew. What chapter number are we in? Good, awesome. So starting with verse 3, we talked about being poor in spirit, and we talked about how that means we're completely dependent on the Lord. We realize that we need a Savior, that we are sinners, and we cannot do it on our own. So that was what we talked about in verse 3. And then in verse 4, we talked about blessed are those who mourn. And that's just realizing that we need a sinner, or, no, sorry, that we need a Savior, that we can't do it on our own, and we grieve over that. But then there's hope because we will be comforted because Jesus died on the cross. And in him we can be free and we can be victorious in all things. And then in verse 5 we talked about blessed are the meek. And we talked about how meekness are the characteristics of Christ. And how 
we in the world see success as being powerful and being rich and sometimes using people to get where you want to be, but how that's not what the kingdom of heaven looks like. Success in God's kingdom is more like serving others before yourself, being patient in affliction, being patient in traffic when someone cuts you off, sharing when you don't want to share when you have a little bit. So God's kingdom characteristics coming through in our meekness, and we'll inherit the earth that way. We'll be successful in that way. So then that brings us to verse 6. Everyone say verse 6. Good. Okay, so it's blessed, I'll just say it, sorry. Blessed are those who hunger and thirst for righteousness, for they will be filled. Okay, so that's what we're going to talk about today. And so before we talk about it, I kind of want to just um, lay out where we're at in the Beatitudes. So the first four Beatitudes, um, those who are poor, those who mourn, those who are meek, and then those who are hungering and thirsting, those are kind of in succession of each other. So first you realize you're poor in spirit, and then you realize that you're poor in spirit and you're sad because you need a savior and you're going to be comforted by the savior. And then the next one points to being meek and how we um, grow from that and leave that place as we know Christ is we are meek in spirit. We take on the characteristics of Christ. And then today, how we keep becoming more and more like the Lord, our righteousness, is we hunger and thirst and it's a constant thing. And so that's what we're going to be talking about today. So before we can do that, though, if you could play that commercial, this is a really great example of someone who is really hungry. And often when we're hungry and we're thirsty, we're not really that happy. And so um, I just want to say that the child in this video says shut up to their parents, and that is not okay to say. We're never going to say shut up to our parents. That's not nice. We respect our parents, right? We respect adult authority. So ignore that part, but look at his emotion. Okay. Marsha, what happened? Peter hit me in the nose with a football. I can't go to the dance like this. Well, I'm sure it was an accident, sweetheart. An eye for an eye. That's what Dad always says. I never said that, honey. Shut up! God, teach Peter a lesson. Marsha, eat a Snickers. Why? You get a little hostile when you're hungry. Better? Better. Marsha, Marsha, Marsha. Jan, this isn't about you. It never is. So that's a perfect example of when we're hungry. Often we're not the nicest. And so looking at the first word of the verse, the word blessed, blessed is a funny word. We always say, God bless you. We say, I'm so blessed. But to try and describe that word is sometimes a little hard. If you try to think of like a one-word definition, it's kind of hard. But in Big House, um, I'm going to need your help for this. We have an action that we do. Do you guys remember in Big House? Do you remember what we do? So we hold our hands in an O over our head. So if you can all put your hands in the air and we say... Oh, so happy. So we're going to go, oh, so, and then point your, happy. Yeah, good. Let's do it one more time. Ready? Oh, so, happy. Good. And so when we talk about this kind of happiness, it's not like a fleeting happiness. Um, it's talking about happiness that only the Lord can bring us. And so in Big House this year, we all got an M&M, and we put it on our tongue. And I made them keep it there for as long as they possibly could, which is hard because M&Ms are good and you want to eat it right away. But they held it there for a really long time and then they ate it. And I'm still waiting for a big house child to give me the M&M back the way that they had it. But no one can, right, because it's been digested and it's long gone. And so that's kind of how the happiness of the world is. We eat the M&M or we take the happiness of the world, something that satisfies just for a moment. And then we're still going to be looking for things that satisfy and looking for that happiness. And so... It's kind of like that. So the happiness of the world is like an M&M that you eat and it goes away and you can never get it back. But the happiness the Lord promises and the Lord brings is a happiness that um, continues. And it, it, it goes under and it goes deeper than anything in our surroundings, in our environment, things like that. And so when we say we're oh so happy, we're oh so blessed, is 
it's the happiness the Lord can bring. And so it's kind of funny that Jesus once again says, oh, so happy are those who are hungry and those who are thirsty. Because I don't know about you, but when I'm hungry, I'm not really oh, so happy, right? Sometimes you're hangry, which is being hungry and angry like that man was. Other times, other times you're desperate and you will eat anything in front of you and you eat something and then you eat it and you're like, I don't really want that, actually. And so I actually had a friend who, um, with her father, she, I don't know why they did this, but they would do a fast where they wouldn't have water or food for a whole week. And that's not really the safest thing to not have water for a whole week, but they would do that. And she was like on day three for fast, and she was so hungry, and she was so thirsty, and she was so weak. And she was walking outside, and something caught her eye, and she turned and looked, and there was a yellow Skittle in the dirt. And she was so hungry that she thought that yellow Skittle looked so good. And she's battling with herself in her mind, and she's saying, I really want to eat that Skittle in the dirt. But then she's also like, that's disgusting. I don't know who left that there. I don't know how long it's been there. It's in the dirt. And so she's battling with herself. And she was just so hungry that she picked it up and ate it. And so sometimes when we're hungry, we're desperate. So we're either angry, we're desperate. You know, it takes our focus. And so that's kind of what we're thinking about here when we say hunger and thirst. So be thinking that it's consuming. So oh, so happy are those who are consumed or who are constantly seeking this. So that's for hungering and thirsting. And then as we move on to righteousness, um, righteousness is a big word, and we just have to think about what it means. Does anybody have a good definition of righteousness? Can anyone raise their hand and tell us a good definition for righteousness? Anyone? Big house kids, what do you think? Does anyone have a guess? Righteousness? Anyone have a guess? What does that word mean? Oh, yeah, uh uh-huh. Nyla? Maybe I'll bring the microphone to you so we can hear you. I think it means that you praise God. Okay, so you have a guess that righteousness means you praise God. Anyone else have a guess? I want two more guesses. Two more guesses. Ooh. Oh. What do you think, Arkin? Neville just said. Our other guess is that it means you never sin. Oh, boy. How many gets you, Naomi? Um, let's see. To live rightly before God. You get all the answers right? You get the, all the re- answers right? All right, so some of our guesses for righteousness, thank you kids for being so brave, um, were to praise God, were to do the right thing, were to live rightly before God. And so, Toby, good job reading the packet because I did write it in there. So righteousness means to live rightly before God. So it's a simple thing. And um, how we live rightly before God is, um, yeah, it looks different. And it, um, yeah. So, (laughs) all right. So to live rightly before God, Genesis 17, if you can turn there, Genesis 17, um, verse 1 through 3. So Genesis is the first book in the Bible. So Big House Kids, if you want to turn there, just turn to the first chapter in the Bible. So I'll give you a few minutes. So Genesis chapter 17, verses 1 through 3. Genesis chapter 17, verses 1 through 3. All right, so it says, 
When Abram was 99 years old, the Lord appeared to him and said, I am God Almighty. Walk before me and be blameless. I will confirm my covenant between me and you, and you will increase your numbers. Abraham fell face down. I'm going to stop there. So um, the part that gets me when I think about righteousness is the part where it says um, the Lord's telling Abraham to walk before him and be blameless. And so that's just a good picture. I feel like all our days were to walk before the Lord. So every moment of every day, we need to be mindful that we're walking before the Lord and that um, we are to be blameless. And yes, we make mistakes, but Jesus' righteousness covers us in that. So that's just a picture of what righteousness means. And we're going to come back to talk about um, some ideas and some options and how we can live rightly before the Lord. Um, so that's just the next part of the verse. So to end this verse while we're just kind of breaking it down so we can understand the verse a little more, um, we had the last part. And the last part, so the whole thing so far, if we were to put it all together, is... Oh, so happy are those who hunger and thirst for living rightly before God. And the next part is, for they will not be filled. Is that what it says? They will not be filled? What does it say? They will be filled. And that's a promise of the Lord. And so we know that in God's word, that when he promises something, he means it. And so if you don't get anything else out of the sermon today, just remember this phrase. When God promises something, he means it. When God says something, he means it. He doesn't take it back. And we have... His promises in the word, about his word, saying, like in Isaiah 55, his word will not return to him voice. So if the Lord has promised you something this morning, he means it. And so if he said something to you, it will happen. And so when we walk faithfully before the Lord all our days and we seek his face, it will happen. So we have that promise in Isaiah 55, but also one of my favorite verses in the Bible. We're going to be all over our Bibles this morning, but Psalm 145. If you haven't had a chance to read that psalm, you should read it. It's so wonderful, but... Psalm 145, um, it's verse 13, and it's um, the second half of it. It says, the Lord is faithful to all his promises and loving toward all he has made. So we know that when God promises something, he will keep his promise because he's faithful to his promises. So we know that when we're hungering and thirsting for righteousness, we will be filled. It's a promise, so we have that promise. All right, so if we were to put together our whole verse with the paraphrased version, so it would be, oh, so happy are those who hunger and thirst to live rightly before God because they will be filled, okay? All right, so now moving on. So how do we seek righteousness? How do we hunger and thirst for righteousness? I have um, a way to remember it, and um, I don't know if any of you have ever done this before, but it's to yodel. Have you guys yodeled before? No, you have. Okay, there's one person who's yodeled. Okay, well, we're going to do it this morning. So, um, perfect. So, if you um, can turn to the person on your right and say, yodele he who. But, whoa, before you do that, you have, to, you have to have some breath. Okay, I was looking up how to yodel online. So, it has to be more like, yodele he who. Okay, you have to go from high to low in some version of your yodel. Okay, so turn to the person on your right. Okay, and yodel. Ready? Go. Good. Now turn to the person on your left, and you're going to say, yodele Okay, ready? Good. You guys are really good at that. Um, so how do we live rightly before the Lord, or how do we live a righteous life? We... Yodel, good. That's just the acronym we're going to use. We don't actually yodel, obviously. But I just want to tell you that when I was looking up yodeling, they said that the purpose for yodeling, maybe you know this, is to... Um, get a message to go for a far way. So someone's on one mountain top and they're trying to get a message to the person over there because they don't want to climb down the mountain to go tell them. So yodeling was used for that. I didn't know. So I just wanted to tell you because I thought that was cool. Um, okay. So anyways, 
So when we yodel, what does it mean to yodel in righteousness? What does it mean to live rightly before the Lord? The first letter of yodel is what letter? Why? And that stands for yes. Okay, can everyone say yes? Yes. Good. So when we are living our life for Jesus, um, it's a free gift. We just say yes to the Lord. So that's where it starts. We can't do anything to earn it. We can't pay someone money to be saved and be freed from sins. We can't try really hard and be really good on our own because we know that we're poor in spirit and we'll fail. But if we say yes to the Lord, um, that's really powerful. And so I don't know about you, but have you ever been in a situation where you kind of feel the Lord nudging you? to um, go and talk to this person or to do this one thing. And, like, it's like a moment of, like, time has stopped and your heart is thumping really, really fast. Your palms are sweating. And you're like, I don't think I can do that, Lord. And so you're stuck. Um, The Lord has really challenged me to just say yes because that's the first step. So in our lives, when we're living righteously before the Lord, just say yes. So when you call the Lord, when you hear the Lord to call you to do something, say yes. That's just the first step. So, um, yeah, and so sometimes in our struggle when we, we have an addiction or we have something that we're really struggling with, to just stop and say, Lord, I say yes to you is a really powerful thing. So that's the first part of yodeling or living rightly before God is to just say yes. So I just challenge all of us, the next time we feel the Lord telling us to go tell someone that Jesus loves them, or the next time we um, feel called to go pick up something really dirty and we don't want to touch it, instead of just instantly saying no, that closes us off to the Lord, we should say yes. And so just remember that word, so yes. All right, the next letter is O. Everyone say O. 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 So after we say yes, then we say we obey. So O is obey. So to obey the Lord is a really powerful thing. The more we say yes to God and the more we walk in actually doing that, um, the more we um, walk in his ways and know him. So to obey the Lord. Um, have you guys ever heard the story about this little girl? She um, is out in the woods with her father, and they have a house out there. And so um, one day she's like, Daddy, I want to go out and I want to go play. And he's like, okay, that's fine. You can go play. Here are your boundaries. Don't go past this. As long as you can still hear my voice, you can stay within these boundaries. And so she's out and she's playing and she um, is going farther and farther and farther. But she can still hear her, her father singing a song while he's working in the yard. And so she knows that she's fine. But then she kinda, she's kind of having a harder time hearing him. But she's like, but I see something really, really nice over there. And so she starts to walk and she sees some flowers. And she can't really hear her father. She can kind of hear a murmur. But she keeps going towards something that catches her eye. And so she sees the flowers and she starts picking flowers and picking flowers. And she just continues on in the woods. And then she sees some berries and she starts picking the berries and eating the berries. And she just continues on. And so she's going farther and farther away from her father's voice. And so then um, eventually she stops and she realizes oh, I I can't hear my father anymore. I don't hear singing. I don't hear his voice. And she starts to call for him, but she can't hear him. And so that's kind of how it is when we choose to not obey the Lord. The more we say no or the more we choose to go in our own way, the farther we get from the Lord. And so I don't know if you've ever experienced that in your life, but I know I have experienced that in my life. And so often when we start to choose our own way and we start to go on our own path and we start to compromise in certain areas, maybe you don't swear, but you say one bad word and you're like, oh, that's not really a big deal. And then you say another bad word or you joke with someone and you... Yeah, and you think it's an okay joke, but it's really not, and it's actually something that doesn't build up, um, and you just keep doing that, and then you become really sarcastic, and then your words are not life-giving, and things like that. It's like the little things. The farther we get away from the Lord, and the smaller the step is, and we just keep going pretty soon, it's a pretty big step away from the Lord. So, yeah, so just obey. So we want to obey. So we say yes to the Lord, knowing that it's only him who can help us, and then we obey, and we continue to walk in his way. So um, I've heard people say that we are spirit and we are physical too as our being so we're physical so we have needs we have flesh needs we have um we have to eat we have to drink water but also um 
we're spiritual. So our spirit needs to eat and our spirit needs to drink. And so we need to be in God's word. We need to be familiar with his word. We know God through his word by reading it because when we read it, it gets implanted in our heart. And then when things come up, we're aware, right, that um, that's not what God would have us do or that is something that would be honoring to God. And so, yeah, I just lost my train of thought. Yeah, so um, when we are obeying the Lord and we are... Yeah, when we're walking towards him, that's how we're going to be staying in alignment with him. And so if we're feeding our spirit, if we're listening for the voice of God and we keep saying yes to the voice of God, we start to know the voice of the Lord more. We start to walk in his ways and then we're more familiar with who he is. And that's how we become more and more Christ-like. That's how we become more and more filled. So yes, obey. And then the next letter is D, decor. I couldn't really find a good word for environment. So decor. So what you're surrounding yourself with. How we live rightly before the Lord also matters with how... um, we're surrounding ourselves with and what we're surrounding ourselves with. So if we look around and we have all these friends that um, are really a negative impact on our lives and we're really easily swayed by what they're having us do, um, we should take an inventory of that. We should be aware and see, is this person really encouraging me towards the Lord or are they actually keeping me from the Lord? Are they having me do things that I normally wouldn't do if I was in church or if I was with other Christians? And so just taking that inventory and looking at your life and just saying, are the places where I'm putting myself, the restaurants I'm going to, the stores, the other environments, are is that causing me to go towards the Lord or is it causing me to um, compromise and to step back from the Lord? So we have say yes to the Lord, we have obey, we have decor, so what you're surrounding yourself with. And then we have everything, and everything means just your priorities. So um, in Matthew, I think it's chapter 5, no, chapter 6, verse 33, it says, um, seek first the kingdom of God and his righteousness and everything else will be added unto you. We know that verse, we probably memorized that in Sunday school. And so just remembering that, um, yeah, that we have a priority first to the Lord. And when we look to him, everything else seems to fade away, right? And everything else doesn't matter as much as when we look to him. And it also sets our priorities right. So something that might have mattered so much when we're looking around and not looking at the Lord doesn't seem to matter that much. And so decor. So, sorry, everything. So looking around and realizing our priority first is to the Lord and everything else will follow. Okay, and then the last letter is L, and so that's look. And so ultimately to live rightly before the Lord, it just means to look at Jesus, okay? So um, when we're looking at Jesus, he is our righteousness, and we're going to fail, and we're going to make mistakes, but we're going to keep looking at him knowing that our sin no longer separates us from him, and um, knowing that our failures don't separate us from him, our past, our present, nothing on this earth can separate us from him when we're his because his love is ours and he has freed us. So um, look. So if we go over all the letters that we just talked about, and kids, I know that you have a space for you to write that down. So what's the first um, one? If we start with Yodel, the Y stands for? Yes. The O stands for? The D stands for? Good. The E stands for? Good. And the L stands for? Look, good, awesome. So that's how we can live rightly before the Lord. So taking all of this into account, um, I found this really awesome verse by John Stott, and it says, um, it's not enough to mourn over past sin. We must also hunger for future righteousness. And so just taking this verse now and applying it to our lives, um, I'm going to yeah, kind of talk more to the adults now. But So um, I don't know about you, but I love Jesus, and I'm pretty sure you guys love Jesus, Um, but I still make mistakes, right? And I just feel like there's a lot of Christians who have um, some things that are in the dark, some things that they're still embarrassed about. They're like, I'm a Christian, and I'm really strong in this area. I'm really good at singing, worshiping the Lord. I'm really good at praying, but there's this one thing that I'm really embarrassed about that I can't get right. 
And I feel like um, if I tell someone, they're going to be really embarrassed or they're going to they're gonna shame me. And they're going to say, you're not a Christian. You say you love Jesus and you're struggling with that. And I feel like the enemy um, comes to attack us in that way by thinking that because now we're a Christian, we're completely perfect and we're not learning anymore and we're not, we're not walking in his ways. Um, yeah, and so... Yeah, so when we're a Christian, we're perfect in Christ, but we're still a work in progress, right? And so I feel like this morning, um, the Lord might be challenging all of us to look to see what are the things that we're kind of putting on the back burner, the things that we're trying to hide in the dark, the things that maybe we haven't realized that we're doing that with, or the things that we know about, and the one thing that kind of causes us shame and pushes us from the Lord, because we know that conviction, so when the Holy Spirit is correcting us and leading us back to the Lord, that pushes us to the Lord, when the Lord's like, hey, you know, you just did that, you just said that word, but actually, I want you to say this, and we repent, and we turn back to the Lord. So conviction always points us to the Lord, but condemnation always pushes us away from the Lord, and it brings shame. And the enemy definitely wants to bring condemnation, right? He wants us to be embarrassed. He wants us to feel like we're not a good Christian because he doesn't want us to be with the Lord, right? He wants to do everything to kill, steal, and destroy. Yeah, and big house kids, what is Satan? Do you guys remember what is Satan? He's a what? What is he? Do you remember? He's a liar. Satan is a liar. Let's all say that this morning. Can we all say that? Satan is a liar. Right, and so anything Satan comes to bring to us, something that looks tempting, something that looks kind of good, is a lie. And he's not going to bring the happiness that the Lord promises us in this verse. So blessed, right, blessed means oh, so happy. And so, um, yeah, so Satan is a liar, and anything he has to offer us is not for our benefit. Jesus only comes to bring life and bring it to the full. So, um, yeah, so I just want to take a moment just, um, yeah, maybe like 30 seconds to be silent, and I just want to pray for us and just ask the Lord to just start to reveal maybe some things in our lives that we are ashamed about or some things that we don't feel the courage to share with other Christians to confess or even bring before the Lord. So, um, yeah, if we can just take a moment, I'm just going to pray. Um, Lord Jesus, we just thank you that um, you never do life the same. God, we thank you that you are faithful and that you are good and that um, you're not a God stuck on your team. So, Lord, we just invite you here this morning, and we just ask for your spirit to be speaking, God. We just pray, Lord, that um, yeah, that you would be showing us the things that we have in the darkness, the things that we are ashamed of, Father God, or the things that we feel condemned by, because, Lord, we want to hold on to your truth that... Um, yeah, Lord, we want to hold on to your truth that those who are now in Christ are therefore um, not condemned. And so, Jesus, we, yeah, we just give you this time. Holy Spirit, be speaking. Holy Spirit, be moving. God, bring things to the surface. We want to walk in your freedom. Speak, Lord. Awesome. Okay, so um, to, yeah, to kind of wrap up, I just want to share a part of my story and where the Lord has brought me and where I'm going, I guess. And so um, when I was 15 years old, I had a girl come back from a mission trip one summer at our church, and they had them all stand up on the stage, and they um, said, okay, share about your story. And so this one girl stands up to the microphone, and she's like, God speaks. And I was like, what? God speaks? Because I, for my whole life, I had known about God. I knew the stories. But um, the fact that God spoke was really new to me. I thought he only spoke to pastors and priests or maybe people like Moses. But I didn't really know if Moses was alive anymore. I didn't really know the Bible that well, but I knew about him. And so um, I, yeah, so I was like, God speaks. I have to go on this trip next summer. And so it was a trip that YWAM used to do in Wisconsin. And so they would take high school students, and then they would go out somewhere. So for two weeks, you'd be in boot camp, and you would um, – you know, kind of just get equipped to go out so you'd learn about the culture. You would um, kind of learn more about the Lord and grow in your relationship there. And then for like a week and a half, you'd go to the designated country. And so um, I got to go that next summer, praise Jesus. And so um, I learned there that God speaks. And I never knew that God spoke. And so um, they gave us time to just go and ask God what he thought of us. And so we all just went 
and we just listened, and we had no idea what we were doing, and we didn't know how God spoke. Does he speak with thunder? Does God speak in a whisper? Does he use nature? We didn't know, and so we were learning that whole week, and so um, God spoke, and then we went on our mission trip, and on the mission trip, the Lord just did so much in my heart. He brought a lot of healing. He taught me more about himself, and I felt so changed. I felt so changed, and I actually felt like I was living a Christian life. I actually, like, started to understand that it's not about trying to do really good and trying to do it in your own strength, but it was more about um, just being in his presence, knowing who he is, listening and obeying, saying yes to him, and walking that out. Um, And so, yeah, so I did that, and I came back, and I felt so changed. I felt like everyone should also be changed. When I got back, everything around me was the same. Nothing had changed at all, and I... um, I was like, okay, all right, Lord, I'm going to I'm gonna stay strong with you. I'm going to try to pray every day at 3 in the morning, and that did not work. And I'm going to, you know, try to tell people about Jesus, but I was so afraid to tell people about Jesus. I didn't quite know how to tell people about Jesus because I knew that a lot of people didn't want to hear about Jesus. But So I was trying really hard to do it on my own, but I um, wasn't able to do that. And so um, I started to walk in the way of the world again all my friends around me weren't changed and so they were dating people and they were they were going to these places and not telling their parents and I started to say well everyone else my age is not wanting to do what I want to do but they're doing this and it's so much easier and so I started to um, lower my standards and I started to just walk with them rather than listening to the Lord so um, I started to take little steps right and so I started dating this boy and I told myself I will save him for Jesus he was anything but that he did not want to hear about Jesus he um, wore all black, and he had eyeliner, and it was, he did not want to hear about Jesus. And I told myself, I will save him for Jesus. This relationship will be good because I am a missionary in this relationship. No. And so um, high schoolers just hear that, like, we can't be missionaries in a relationship. It really doesn't work. And so the more I was with him, the more I became like him, okay? And I started to get really depressed, and I started to hate myself. And I started to feel like I didn't remember who the Lord was, but I was calling out to him. And I was saying, Lord, I'm not sure if this is right, even though all the signs were telling me it wasn't right. I hated myself. I didn't feel good. I felt so dirty by just, you know, just continuing to walk in this way. And all the things I was doing, I was lying to my parents. I was doing all these things that were telltale signs that, yes, you were not walking in what the Lord would have for you. But I I didn't get it. And I kept asking him, Lord, give me a sign. And I would say, Lord, if you don't want me to talk to him, let his phone die. Or let him not be able to hear me on the phone. Or I would just say really silly things when he was giving me signs, like how I'm living my life is not reflecting the Lord. I was not walking in righteousness. I wasn't living rightly before him. So um, I went back to youth group one week um, when I was like really struggling, like I was at, and I was just like, Lord, I cannot be in this relationship. And he kept saying, if you love me, then you'll stay with me. Otherwise, I'll kill myself. And so I was like, I don't want him to die. I'm supposed to save him for Jesus, right? Not have him die. And so I felt so trapped and I felt so stuck and I didn't know what to do. I had gotten so far away from the Lord, I could no longer hear his voice. I had no idea. And I didn't have a support system, which is really important for us to have too, but I didn't have that either. And so then... I went to youth group that night, and some boy had just come back from this trip, and he was so on fire for the Lord. You can tell when people are on fire for the Lord when you're in their presence. It's like intoxicating. Like, you just just want to hear what they have to say. Like, you could just listen for hours, and he was so excited about what God had done in his life. And he challenged all of us at youth group. He said, go home and ask God what he thinks of you. He wants to tell you. And I was like, oh, my gosh, I've been waiting so long to hear from the Lord. And so I went home that night, and the Lord um, brought me to a verse in the Bible that just showed me, like, where I was at was death. If I continue on this path, I will, I will be walking in death. I will not be happy. My life will be a waste. And so, like, it just hit me like that. And I knew instantly I needed to break up with this guy. I needed to change my habits in my life. And, like, that was just what I needed. Um, 
So yeah, so I just want to encourage you with that story that, um, yeah, God does give us signs in our lives, but living rightly before the Lord is yodeling, right? So saying yes, he's obeying, he's looking at your environment, making sure that the places where you're going, the things that you're spending your time on, your money on, your attention on, making sure that that is living rightly before the Lord too, or are there any areas in our lives where we're not surrendering? And then, yeah, and so giving Jesus the first priority and looking to Jesus, so... Yeah, so there's hope, church, and um, if I can have our flag holders come up, the three of you know who you are, if you can come up and hold our paper. So, yeah, so I um, feel like this morning a good verse for us to really think about is to throw off everything that hinders us and all the sin that entangles us. And so I just want to, as a church, to feel free to come up and just really take an inventory of our lives and to just... um, Yeah, so if you, when we took that moment of silence to just really see if there's maybe an area of darkness where you're not bringing to the light or maybe you're embarrassed or you feel really ashamed to bring that to the light, um, come up and just say yes to the Lord. That's the first step. Just say, yes, Lord, I want you to be in that place Um, because we we are free in Christ and we don't want the enemy to be speaking lies to us, saying that we can never be free or this one thing is really bad and we can never tell someone that we struggle with this. And so, um, all right, Elise is here. Okay, and then Blessing, there you are. And then Aaron, you were the other one, right? If you guys can come and hold this. Yeah, this banner. Thank you. Um, So our kids, um, a few weeks ago, they colored their handprints, and we kind of made a rainbow. It kind of looks like a rainbow. Some of the colors got a little mixed up, which is totally fine. Um, So, yeah, so they're going to stand up on the step, and then we just want to use this time of worship just to just take time just to think and to be listening to the Lord because he does speak and he he speaks to each of you because he promises us that we're his sheep and we hear his voice and so maybe we're still learning what that sounds like but he is speaking to you and so um feel freedom um yeah so children if you want to come up you definitely can and then adults feel free to come up we just want to take this time just to either kneel before the Lord worship before the Lord just talk to the Lord or seek someone out and have them pray for you if you feel comfortable but we just want um and we want to feel free and we want to hold on to the promise of the Lord that blessed are those who are hungering and thirsting for righteousness because they will be filled. And so as we're hungering and thirsting, that means turning from old ways. That means acknowledging the Lord's help in certain areas where we're weak. So yeah, I invite you guys to come up. Um, Don't be shy. We have that promise too that the kingdom of heaven belongs to the little children such as these. And so to have faith like a child is to know that when you come, the Lord will meet you. So just believe that in your heart and just say yes. That's the first step. So um, say yes to what the Lord has for you this morning. So feel free to come up and you can just come up here and we'll just worship together and see what the Lord does. Hallelujah. Blessed are those who hunger and thirst for righteousness for they will be filled. Thank you, Mashon, for bringing us the word of the Lord. I just want to uh, share a very short testimony just to put an exclamation mark on what Mashon shared. In my recent trip, uh, early on, I came to an internal decision, which I then shared with Pastor Justin and with uh, Steve when I was in Kenya, and my decision was this, wherever you want me to go and whatever you want me to do, the answer is yes. And it just removed a whole lot of stuff. It was incredibly freeing just to know the answer is yes. I believe the Lord wants to bring us into that place in our own lives with Him. 
Lord, whatever you want to do, wherever you want to take me, whatever you want me to do, the answer is yes. The answer is yes, Lord. Yes. 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 Come on, say with me, yes. Yes. Come on, say yes. Yes. Come on, say yes. Yes. So if there's something the Lord's inviting you to say yes to, don't even hesitate to say yes. The altar's open. We're going to sing this song. Then we'll do a closing benediction prayer. But I invite you to respond with your whole heart right now. To hunger and thirst for him. Jesus, we're hungry for you. Let's just lift up our hands. Lord Jesus, we just lift our hands before you today. Lord, in a posture of surrender again. And we say yes to you, oh God, today. Lord, continue to dig deep within us, Lord God. Mine our hearts, oh God, even as you are doing during this time. Mine our hearts, oh God. That our lives might be favorful. Oh, so happy. Oh, so blessed. Lord, create that hunger and thirst for righteousness within us. Encourage us again with your promise. We will be filled. And now with open hands, I pray that you'd be filled afresh this very day with the immeasurable love of God the Father, the irresistible mercy and grace of Jesus Christ the Son, the inexhaustible strength and power, comfort and hope of the Holy Spirit be with you and yours. As you go from this house to yours, sent to make disciples of all nations, go with the banner of his favor over your lives. And until we gather again, either in this house or in our eternal home, I pray that his love and goodness and mercy will chase you down every day of your life. In the name of Jesus, amen.